Welcome to Accounting High. There was a book that he recommended once, and it was The Starfish and the Spider. And it's talking about decentralized organizations. And I very much feel like Practice Ignition is a decentralized organization. I think that you've put the power in the people and they can really, you know, there's just, I, I don't know, the, the, when I think of decentralized organization, I think of our episode on the podcast and I think of just the way that Practice Ignition has presented themselves um, and since working with them. I, I, lo- I love team sports and... I'm not, not trying to be jockey at all here, but more just around like I always want to do everything with the team. And if we liken that to how a company runs, I'm, I'm like the GM of your favorite sports team in that respect then. My job is to be behind the scenes. Server systems with tech allowances, fintech vendors with some cloud outfits, but now low coding this computer science for accountants. In fact, I'm remoting in new tools, paperless, asynchronous for data analysts, APIs to find all your SaaS apps connected, cloud computing plugins for your implementation, automate technology to leverage the meta, disrupt your desktop, then break it down. We sharing metrics, AI to the GPT to the AI disrupt. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and crypto agents disrupt. Time to tweak your tech team and make some changes disrupt. If my staff quit, I still have automation disrupt. Last episode just went viral. Let's go, it's gonna make your head spiral. Scarano, Casey, Sunshine, Accounting High Show. The lab is ready, it's tech time, yo. Glitch, it's tech time. Disrupt, it's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time at Accounting High. It's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time at Accounting High. It's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time. Scott Scarano and Guy Pearson. We're going to have a problem here. I've done this before. I'm not that nervous. Same guests. Guy Pearson of Practice Ignition, soon to be by the time this is released. Ignition, no pie symbol anymore. No. Uh, the artist, artist formerly known as Pi for you, Scott. The artist formerly known as Pi currently. The Ignition Remix today. <laughs> Gotta be careful with that one. Well, I won't infer anything there. I'm excited about this uh, follow-up because a lot has happened, personal and professionally, with you since we last caught up. Yeah. That's, I, I, don't start? Know. Where, I don't know. Where would you like to start, mate? You're a married man. Yeah. Got a, got a ring on the finger. Was married in November. Uh, still married four months later, so that, that's that's a huge achievement. And yeah, took off our honeymoon in December, but sadly, due to Australia's travel policy, uh, was only limited to the state of New South Wales in case of border closures, just where we were back then at that point in time ahead of Omicron sort of really taking off. Um, did have a beautiful time, had two and a half weeks off, and then uh, came back 
Christmas is a big deal in, in Oz. So you know, it went rolled straight into that, which is great to host the family finally after missing out last year. The rest of the holiday period, Australia at, at that time of the year, in addition to the holidays, it's also summer. And so, you know, it's it's barbecues, it's all the things that you all do in July and August we do around the holiday period rather than sort of uh, steering clear of the snow or heading to the mountains. Half a world away, right? Half a world away. So um, had a great time. The company didn't fall over. I'm thankful we've got enough people now who are much smarter than me who uh, do an amazing job keep, keeping the lights on and progressing forward. So um, I feel like you guys are stronger than ever. Yeah. Stronger than ever. I'll tell you a funny story though. So you, you talked about the wedding is maybe the first thing. We signed our papers to close our investment round the day before my wedding. So my fiance slash wife-to-be on that day was not super happy with me the day of the rehearsal dinner, me on the phones with lawyers and everything else, uh, just trying to get that across the line. So big shout out to our law firm here and you know, as Talbot Sayer, thank you. Uh, to my internal team on finance particularly, amazing. But very excited to get that away and, and happy to share some of that news with you all and where we're heading. Yeah, you had a lot to celebrate at the end of the year, right? 2021 was marvelous. Also got a puppy. Oh, right? Also a puppy. That's also a, a puppy. That's a big... Moved into a house out of an apartment. Puppy, capital raise, marriage, honeymoon, since we last spoke. I still don't have a great haircut. Um, as many other things I haven't done. But hair like is big longer. Yeah, it's, hair is it's... longer than it was last time. I mean, yeah. both our hairs are, are kind of getting there too. I don't want to take oh, wow. one off. Look but, at that. Yeah. I think you're rivaling Tom on our team. He had it down yeah, to Canis is Canis. No, Tom's short now. He's about this long, and and Canis now is Eddie Vedder, reincarnate. Word, yeah. So what I'm trying to do is get mine long enough to where it's like a John Lennon size, and then I'm gonna change my glasses to the uh, to the round bifocals. You know, try to yeah. be that um, try to be that pop star on the podcast, right? So fantastic. Video didn't kill the radio store aspirations hair is an achievement and a long journey too so <laughs> let's get off of hair and on to let's get into off of my hair and into your hair and so the the funding round so that's something that you know you i guess for context right mm-hmm. it was what round of funding was this and and what does this mean you know to you is it was it different obviously yeah but you know yeah i mean someone's asked a series c round we've had quite a few rounds of funding fundraising in australia is not quite easy or wasn't when we started in sort of 2013 and so over the years we've built obviously traction great product great customer love and and, you know pretty solid metrics all around so this round of funding is more around being able to step change the business and really in addition to building out a bigger product team the engineering design product um, and building great products for the future is about making sure that we can get in front of more folks make them aware of how we can help them run their firms and doing that globally and we have, I mean, we have four marketing people last July, total. And I think that was only two less than the most we've ever had. Uh, we now have 24. And um, <laughs> so, you know, we, we feel like the product's in a pretty good state in terms of the problems it can help solve for a practice or a firm. And we wanted to make sure we get that message out there and, and not just rely on events. Because as we've all seen, like as much as we all love events, they kind of go ups and downs. So. You'll see a lot more sort of polish coming from us. By the time this airs, we will have a new website up. We will have uh, some other news released, being a, a new brand name, which is kind of very simple. And we just basically dropped the practice, and that has no connotations in any of the short term. A shorter URL, making it much easier to find. 
being Ignition app, which lines up with our social handles, and B, uh, just setting the tone that if people don't quite identify with practice in any way, shape, or form, maybe they're a consultant. Maybe they call themselves a firm, like they don't find it something that's polarizing. We touched uh, on this on your episode yeah, earlier. Did. A practice, a firm, or a group. Yep. And now it doesn't even matter. It could be Correct. one of three. Yeah. Yep. And if you've ever tried to type practice ignition into your browser, particularly on your, your cell device, mm-hmm. like, you, you know, you get it wrong about, and I, obviously I should get it right all the time. I still get it wrong on occasions, and it's been something I've been doing every day probably for... With the I before E yeah, and the after C kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, just like even the length of the, the word. word. It's like I, I, T, I, O, N. I end up usually missing an I on occasion. just makes a whole bunch of things easier. So super excited about that. We're positioning ourselves as the... Uh, Commerce platform for professional services doesn't mean anything in the short term, more just preparing uh, for the longer haul in the similar way to Shopify was, you know, just e-commerce and, you know, you would just have an online store with nothing connected and they sort of changed their remit to be the front end operating system for everyone who wants to run a business online. So this is, this is great positioning though. You know, this is, I've said this in the past, like practice ignition is the heart of our firm. I use the anatomy analogy. I say carbon's the skeleton, practice ignition is the heart and the blood could either be zero. I mean, the blue blood veins and the red, you know, so I go pretty deep into it, but it's cash flow. It's bringing money in. And that's probably, you know, one of the most important parts of human anatomy is is the heart, right? Keep it alive keeping the cash, keeping the flow alive of the business. And, you know, obviously making yourselves more palatable to continue to expand from just our market into other markets too. I don't, I know we don't need to go into that, but I think this is, could be very valuable piece of, you know, platform for attorneys for, you know, medical practices. We have a bunch of folks from those industries that use us today. Uh, More often than not, they're referred in by their, by the CPAs, by their accounting firms. And, that in turn leads to a greater rate of adoption and, and you know, lower cancellation. But on the platform side, we've got a lot of work to do to make it easier, content, all the things if we're going to go that direction. And if we are, and I'm not trying to be too vague, but if that is the plan, then we want to make sure the accountants and the CPAs are engaged as they move towards advisory because the data that sits within PI, if it's used for your clients, is where do they get the revenue from? By service, by segment, by team member, by partner, by, you know, line item, anything you want to know. And so that's our, yeah, hairy, big, hairy, audacious goal. But mm-hmm. that's sort of like future state. For the moment, sure. it's more about marketing on the rebrand than anything else and shortening things, making it easier for people to identify. And having an exciting new brand like that P has, a, has stood the test of time. I was just looking for a hat. And the downside of COVID and all the implications is that on day one, we won't, like when we launch, I actually won't have any swag. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, of the new logo, I think our, um, some folks in the US and Canada might get it because it's closer to where we're ordering it from. But uh, that, that's probably the most heartbreaking thing for me. You're dropping uh, the P all together and that was your branding. That was correct. your iconic P. You know, people would wear P on their head all over the place. And I know I'm, I didn't mean P on your head with the whole ignition thing, but there you go, right? Like you. <laughs> Sorry, let's, let's be clear. I found the hat, this thing. There it is, yeah. Yeah. So, so nobody's gonna have a pee, nobody's gonna have pee on their head anymore. We can drop the ignition remix. <laughs> so we're gonna have wow. That's just I don't know where you go from there. So we'll we'll, we'll change it up. So we're gonna have a spark, which is more tied to the word ignition, 
Um, yeah. It'll still be a fun thing to wear on your head. We'll obviously keep branding fairly minimal as we well, always. Star have. on your head, isn't that better? Like a starter, it's kind of like a starter cap. Like, um, yeah. like you're the Dallas Cowboys of of apps, right? Yeah. With a star on your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there. That's a popular cap. People wear Dallas Cowboys hats all the time. You can, you know, you can run with that. I think that's. I'm already thinking of all the possibilities there. And I, and I think I'm probably, you know, it's probably called something else rather than a star because it probably doesn't have the right number of points if we're going to be like anatomically correct type on well, design. So he's got four, it's, four uh, points. It's a, well, you, you were describing it as empty space between circles. Correct. Which I love that. And get, give me the significance of the circles because I'm sure that's a deeper meaning on there. Ironically, we we're trying to find something that lined up with the ignition, so the spark was there. And then, from a design mandate, we want to clean shapes and lines, like, and then trying to figure out how to make that stick. So everything that we've always tried to do has been to think about how things get used rather than just how they look on first instinct, um, on first viewing. And so, yeah, huge credit to our design team, to our agency that helped us get this done. But yeah, you know, we ended up with sort of two things: so circles, which are a great for all things, framing things up, how you see photos and of images of people, just start to see it roll out in product a little bit more. And then you've got the star, well, I call it the star, it's probably the spark, might be a better way to describe it. And the spark is the negative space. So you have four circles, the space in between them, if they were lined up in sort of a grid of two by two, is effectively what the star looks like. And so really pumped about that. So it's like, what fires you up, right? It's a spark. Right. 100%. What, what gets you excited? What fires you up? Well, yep. And it also means like the way we refer to ignition and like the change that it rec uh, that it symbolizes the the relationship between the two parties. So the spark there, kicking things off, reinventing your firm, going to the cloud, like all those sorts of things that we used to talk about with practice ignition, kind of still hold resonance. But we will be getting a whole lot tighter on the sort of brand and wording around who and what we do, so a lot more consistent. One thing's true though, like the mission and vision pretty much stays the same. We're here to help spark the relationship between the two parties. So firms or customers of ours and their clients and help that improve and build on it. You know, I used to, I could ask, what do we do? And I'm like, well, you know how Airbnb, Uber all replace shitty systems between two parties. We're effectively on a mission to try and do that between the service provider in this first instance and who we love, the CPAs, bookkeepers, accountants around the world and their SMB the clients. professional services Uber or yeah. Airbnb. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can call We've it that. We've been ripe for disruption. It's been <laughs> a field that's been ripe for disruption. You, you have, there's a brightness to it, right? There's a, yep. and I don't, you know, I mean brightness when I think of empty space and I think of different colors and then the, the white in the middle that's a brightness it's uh you've simplified your branding to be more impactful almost 100 yeah. and for you all there's a, a bigger focus coming in on on north america uh which is great so we're really thankful that we've managed to line up some great partnerships with gusto thompson reuters into it um and obviously historically with zero but what it means for us is off the back of that that we're going to have a localized r d team as well based out of toronto and canada to make sure that we've got the focus as, as you all are pulling us in to the US and Canadian region as opposed to us brought, you know, brute forcing, right? right? And that's kind of the, the signal we've been waiting for and, and you know, obviously helping people run a better firm but get paid and having more focus that like we released um, as a multiple signatures so you can have joint filing, which is an incredibly North American thing. 
which is fine. You and, and I know, like, yeah. <laughs> elsewhere, it may be applicable on occasion, but it's not like a default must-have scenario and we were sick of the workarounds required. So, yeah, I think you're just going to see more from us. Bigger focus, bigger bigger presence online, bigger pro, uh, presence at events whenever they come back and just a bigger team uh, with better processes to help you all out in terms of your mission of, of helping your clients and hopefully uh, more and more content and, and helpful learning tools and education resources for you to be able to do that effectively. But ultimately, yeah. you want to see you succeed, grow and, and run at a better operating margin with better service for those SMBs so you can help them. And that's that's sort of our underlying goal and always has been. Well, yeah. Speaking of content, you guys always have good collaborative content too. It's not always just like pushing out this or that. It's always collaborating with firm owners or with other apps too. And yeah. that's a pretty big, it's an important part of your platform is that you've got to play nice with others. I mean, it's, it's an almost a, if you're going to revolutionize and change the way everybody's going to get paid, everybody's using something different. So let's talk about like integrations too. What's the, what would you say? Like you, you talked about zero gusto. That's been a huge one. And then another app that had just a recent round of funding, pretty large recent round of funding is carbon. Yep. So where's the integration going with there? That's me selfishly wants to know that because I'd, I'd like to see a deeper integration with carbon, like a two way street or, yeah. something deeper so when we set it up we we had some limitations on like we were probably a bit further down the garden path and so we worked with carbon to get sort of like v1 up and running that's been uh, reasonably successful we've just done some tweaks to make syncing a bit better behind the scenes you won't see an announcement on that probably unless you're reading like the like the bug update or the bug squash <laughs> report type thing yeah that's not revolutionary no no it's not so after that we've been chatting with the team and trying to prioritize our big focus on integrations this year is improving the ones we have, which you would lump carbon yeah. into and maybe one new strategic integration if, if we can get there. Otherwise you see us sort of morph into more of that platform play, which we're really excited about for the longer run uh, with more integrations. So you can connect more things in other than just using Zapier. Um, and thankfully Zapier has been a great asset to us and help to the really tech savvy folks who want to connect their workflows and design them their way over the years and we'll, we'll continue to make sure that we push more and more information into Zapier so you can build those, but ultimately want to be able to provide the best experience for customers possible. But everything's kind of foundational layers. Uh, if you're an existing customer, we have gone from a classic proposal editor. We're trying to make the new proposal editor, which has things like three options attached to it, much more well, feature parity with the outgoing classic proposal editor, so what we started with. And once that's kind of done, then it will move into kind of APIs, as you would imagine, if you are using CPE for some and NPE, so old and new for half, until we get you all on the one platform, the APIs, although probably too complicated, but the, the tech behind the scenes mm -hmm. is different for some of those, which means we'd need to build each integration twice. Um, for us, so, our users, we know what you're talking about. You know? <laughs> yeah. Everything so I do we, is we're getting new one. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, and whenever somebody updates to new, I always feel a obligation to get on there early because then it's not going to be as much cleanup later to have half of half. Going but also, in. like if you used it and you go through those hassles, we're going to listen to your feedback as well, right? And that'll yeah. help us improve the new product so it supersedes the old one. And that's not a pitch to me to like ask you all to move because you need to do what's right for your firm. But wow. if you can have a play, um, feedback is always welcome, and and we we're, we're keen to hear it. 
feed it back I'm in. I'm waiting on better reporting. On it. Yeah, that well, that'll come after the MPA bit, sadly, because it's once again two data sources right now, and so once we get onto the one, yeah, I, personally, I, I would love it. I was uh, my hypothesis is that accountants love numbers, love metrics, and want to see how they're tracking, and therefore the reporting makes a lot of sense. But the yelling and demands over the years, sorry, yelling is a bit aggressive, but the the customer <laughs> requests over the years have been around. If it's in all caps, it's technically a yell. <laughs> Definitely had a few. But yeah, most people have been wanting to be able to do things like three options. Uh, right now, deposits is a huge thing. We're trying to pull into the new product and make that easier. Oh, that would be big, yeah. Yeah, and so people's like usage, because once they start using the product like yourself, then their the focus switches to either integrations or reporting. But we need to get that solved first, sadly. So interesting parallel. Mm -hmm. Two different directions last year for the premier proposal platforms. Uh, you got Go Proposal, yep. who got acquired, and then you got Practice Ignition, who got a decent round of funding, but you're still solo operation. So there's, and the reason I bring that up is because there's some features that pra Go Proposal has that Practice Ignition is lacking. Do you know James? Do you know uh, James? A little bit. We've oh, met okay. once or twice. Because I was going to say, it's interesting because you guys have a very dissimilar approach to the platforms and to the companies. He's very much the face of Go Proposal. It's him all over everything, every all of the marketing, everywhere. And for you, you're always pushing the team forward. You've described yourself as the janitor. You always push everybody else up in front of you. And again, I'm not comparing you guys in, in, a, in a bad or good way, but there was a book that he recommended once, and it was The Starfish and the Spider. And it's talking about decentralized organizations. And I very much feel like Practice Ignition is a decentralized organization. I think that you've put the power in the people and they can really, you know, there's just, I, I don't know, the, the, when I think of decentralized organization, I think of our episode on the podcast and I think of just the way that Practice Ignition has presented themselves um, and since working with them. I, I, lo I love team sports and... I'm not, not trying to be jockey at all here, but more just around like I always want to do everything with the team. And if we liken that to how a company runs, I'm, I'm like the GM of your favorite sports team in that respect then. My job is to be behind the scenes and trust the people that we've put in the right in the place to excel and, and do their jobs to the utmost. And that allows for scalability, but also helps people grow. It builds a brand that's bigger than just one person. And you would look at, Many people over the years, so Richard Branson has always been the face of his companies and they've done quite well, right? And then you would look at Apple maybe as another example or, or Amazon where you might see Bezos or you know, historically Jobs once a year do the big, the big reveal, the big updates mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff and you know, might have media pieces or whatnot but not really sort of front and center out of everything. And so my inspiration probably comes more from the latter. Personality-wise, like I'm an accountant, I... I by trade, I'm, I'm an extroverted introvert. I don't really like being out all the time with an opinion on absolutely everything, especially where I want to make sure I read all the sources and all those sorts of things before I make outlandish claims from a personal standpoint, right? And the other part of me is the extroverted entrepreneur that likes to talk to people and loves getting feedback and wants to learn about what drives people. And as we get bigger, sharing a bit more of where we're heading. I don't think there's a balance, right? Then Horses for Courses in the UK, it's a very different market. And we, you know, when we had Trent McLaren on our team, who's a great mate, you know, he did the 
the frontman role for the UK and, and it, it worked quite well for us. It's just, once again, the scalability of it was, was hard. And you know, obviously Trent was coming back to Australia as well. So it was, it was a myriad of things, but it was like, okay, so that, that's, that time has finished. But it worked, it worked well in terms of you know, penetrating a country where we'd had a very small team and building brand awareness. Yeah. Whereas in the US and Canada and Australia for that matter, it tends to be more of a, like a consistent, do what you say you're going to do, provide a good product, have great service and all those things. And then you get the resonance from word of mouth, you know, online, online presence, all those sorts of things. And that tends to slightly longer build up, but a, a much faster ramp up from that method. Care to share any growing pains that you've experienced maybe with this, these are decent sized changes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funnier when you sit back and look at it and you compare the numbers and you do the accounting sums in your head because when you're in it, so as we have these new people on board, it's like, oh, so-and-so is looking after X, you know, so-and-so is looking after Y and it doesn't feel like a huge change. And then when you kind of get done with the hiring burst to build out the foundational team and you step back, you're like, holy, like, you know, I haven't met, yeah, COVID plays a big hand of this, but I haven't met, you know, probably half of that team at least face to face. And that's super odd for myself. Like once again, if it's team sport, like you need to know who's on your team and get to know them, break bread, build the trust so they know they can come to you when they need to. And that's a odd thing. I don't need to sit next to them every day, but it's just not having that touch point is um slightly odd. But uh yeah, it's great. And yeah, we're gearing up you like I said, new website launch, a whole bunch of other new stuff. You're gonna see a lot more from us and hopefully won't be um yeah, we'll be in an inbox near you shortly. <laughs> oh, man, it's a bad. I can tell I'm an accountant with those lines. Well, I'm not sparking there you go. That, kind of that thing. was a good one. That must have been in your head already because it's the spark, right? The spark. I'm, I'm not going to throw out there, but for anyone who's listening, look up as a Billy, the the CEO of Fire Festival, and if you look up my co-founder Dane Thomas, you will notice that there's some similarities in appearance. Striking um, similarities. Yeah. So we, um, <laughs> I think when, when that doco was released, Dane shared it and he's like, Hey guys, um, sorry, the money's gone. Like, you know, that was like his simple line. <laughs> For anyone that knows Dane, he's quite a measured and, and, uh, considerate and a consultative kind of person. So it was out of character and watched the documentary and you're like, wow, how to light tens of millions of dollars on fire. Amazing. But yeah, um, no, that's, that's the not money us. on fire basically. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, conference-wise, it's something we're considering. Like, as you said, we go to market and strategically we always focus on playing with others. So uh, the question is, is are we in a position that we have something unique that people would want to come to where they may see the same vendors again as they've seen at previous shows? And obviously, if you're going to put on the conference and you're footing the bill for a big chunk of it, you need to sort of own a bit of the content, right, and, and the change. And it probably feels a tiny bit early but we'd love to get to the point that people were wanting it and, and wanting to see. And I have a feeling as we get to more of a platform company, once the sort of API is up and running, we've got more integrations, that it might be something that comes to life at that point because it strategically would make more sense. But, um, you know, if everyone out there is listening, it's like, hell no, I want to see Practice Ignition or Ignition run a conference and I want to go catch up with my peers and talk about how I grow my firm and actually measure that growth and, you know, all the things that we sort of enable, then um, feel free to hit me up. I'll shout out to your, uh, your your local head of region, so Canis in North America, Dave Newen, Australia, Emma, Crawford Felicano in, in the UK. How many people are at Practice Ignition right now, total, headcount? I think we're at 170. And what percentage of them have you not seen in person? Ever would be, I would say at least 50%. 
So that's a, you know, just to get everybody together would be an event in and of itself. Yep. Why not make it bigger, right? Why not just yeah. throw, throw the big party, throw, get a few other sponsors, make the content about the profession and kill it, you know? Just, yeah. So Series C is mm -hmm. technically a third round and when you consider A, B, and C, right? Yeah, a lot of folks like us have angel rounds, seed rounds. Uh, you got your friends, families, and fools, right? Yep. I love them, yeah. but yes, that is accurate. That's how we <laughs> describe them. So for us, it's, yeah. Does this clean have. up the cap table? Like, does A little bit. Do you, does that happen as well? Like, do people just, you know, kind of uh, want out or you want to clean it up a little bit with these big rounds? Yeah, we, we do. Um, so, for instance, some people have been shareholders for, you know, quite a long time and maybe they're at the point where they were asking if they could get a little bit off the table pay school school fees um you know in some cases retire and just being like i want to go 50 50 and buy the holiday house i've been dreaming about my whole life thank you for enabling that and i'll let the rest ride yeah. and then uh, some early investors just uh, it's time to to bow out um, whether it's their fund winding up discontinuing a strategy and those sorts of things but pretty encouraging. So we had JMI laid the round there, every big shareholder in Clio. So obviously a lot of parallels on on legal and accounting. Jack Newton at Clio, CEO is a great guy. Uh, so I've enjoyed chatting with him through the connections made there. But they mostly do systems of record. So whether it's vertical or horizontal, what do people need to use to run the business? And that could be a slice, right? It doesn't have to be the whole thing end to end. And that's where we've found some great resonance with the JMI team. We had Tiger Global who led our Series B jump back in. So I think when we did our B in 2019, no one had heard of Tiger Global. I think almost by default, if you're in accounting, you've just seen them sloshing money around now. Um, <laughs> so they participated. They've been great backers, uh, really good partners. And then uh, EVP is an Australian venture capital firm that led our Series A round in 2017. And they actually went all out to maintain. So they set up an SPV because they're a small fund and a lot of their LPs and connections jumped in. So they put in three times as much as they did in their original Series A check with most of that coming from their backers for the fund combining together to jump in um, and take up their position for them effectively. And we had a bit of a friends and family around. So uh, team members of, of practice and mission and their extended families could actually participate in a few, you know, Angels who may have exited in the same space over time, who have known for a long time, jumping alongside just to be there as a sounding board as we get bigger. It's a really great mix. And then we, uh, our stalwart, Mr. Winkler, jumped in. So Craig's sort of NYB and zero fame. And he's been like the most amazing backer the whole way through the journey. I don't think he's doing many more new investments because his big focus is on philanthropy and trying to help solve some of the world's problems. But, um, yeah, we're, we're very happy to have him along and he's always been a, an amazing sage to have just sit alongside and sort of be passive and there for advice when we need him. Well, for the problem solvers, once they solve their own problems, they got to solve other problems. So they, they go to the world, right? Like solve your problems, solve your industry problems, then go for the world. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. Small, small slice, right? It's like, doesn't matter how much, how many assets you, you, you accumulate, like A, there's only a certain amount you need to live on and B, the problems you can solve are usually always thin slivers of a, of a bigger problem if you want to have the global always. impact. So hopefully I get the chance one day to have a crack at a few myself. But um, for the moment, um, just very happy to have a, a great group of shareholders and a great board, good leadership team, and sort of being ready to roll and lined up for the next stage of the growth.
It's super yeah. exciting. It's a whole different journey. I would say I'm a scrappy, get things off the ground founder. And, and now I get to learn about scaling up, which for those of you who've ever seen me at a conference, you know, shorts and t-shirt is probably my, my outfit, not migrating to a suit anytime soon, but yeah, I'm very much about trying to get things off the ground. And, and this has been a, a great learning experience as we kind of scale up and learn you new lessons. You the right though. I mean, yeah. founders, like you said, founders tend to always be the ones that are wearing the Hawaiian shirts or the, the <laughs> you know, just the um, shirts and shorts, you know, just hanging out because they've earned that right, so to speak. You know, you, you probably never will have to wear one again unless you did for your wedding, unless, unless you do for a funeral, right? Yep. You know? Yeah. Suits or chinos and a jacket for weddings and sadly the other side. Thankfully, I haven't been Lots of funerals in the early days. Haven't been to any slash many in recent times. So very happy about that. Um, well, you're still a young chap. I mean, as we were saying right before, I mean, you're you're only 38. You're not even 40, and you're the head of a pretty large company. You know, this is um, this is, and it's been a lot leading up to this. I mean, we part one of this uh, remix. We talked about your run up to practice ignition, and now it's like this is a whole other chapter, a whole other journey. So it's just getting started, right? Yeah, kind of things kind of I, just I think my quote from the last bit. one was the end of the beginning. So it's like we've proven that we can build a company that solves problem that people will pay for, right? So that we can have a business. And then it's about okay, how do we how do we give the people what they want? How do we put it in more hands of people so they can solve their problems? And that's kind of the stage that we're at. And that's scale up, which is very different from sleeping on couches and trying to figure out how to get you know first customer in a particular state, country, region how to get payments live in a country like it's all sort of you know very different and probably requires a little bit more maturation in thought so thinking about things a little bit bigger but a little bit longer term and, and a little bit less um scrappy so for all of the lonely branding out there maybe ignition could have a philanthropic arm and the p could stand for people yeah so you got to have a p word that you that you know, you don't want everybody to just throw their hats away. They're throw no, their, throw I'm their hoping, hat in the ring. If anyone right? wants to sell the hat back to me, that will be the people ignition. Yeah, I keep going back to that sports analogy, but generally, like people are what, are what make everything worthwhile in helping people, right? So that's sort of the underlying reason, perhaps, to why interactions with the team have been the way they are, but also, you know, why we have a software product that sits where it sits is to hopefully release the the debtor pressure help you get paid but also provide transparency and clarity between the two parties and help you take care of the people both on your team yourselves and your clients better so that's uh always very close to our hearts and you know part of the mission we our, our values we got we work with that ego which hopefully we represent and for me is incredibly important i'm more about what's up in your brain how you communicate that how you execute on it yeah as long as you're not still wearing the same thing three days later without a shower i really don't care how you present yourself, that's on you. Well, if it's a Zoom call, it doesn't matter about the shower. <laughs> I hadn't showered since Saturday, I don't think. So <laughs> it's that. Come and on. it's not, it is It is only Monday to me. It is not Tuesday. I'm pretty sure okay. it's Tuesday for you already. It's Tuesday yeah. for me. Yeah. It's also cold outside, right? For yourself. So like, you're not, you're not exactly sweating profusely, but um, mm. maybe we get off that topic um, <laughs> <laughs> and move right along. And, you know, here are the customers, another one. We are better together as another one. So very much three out of the four are all about people and, and relationships. Yeah. So, you know, it's Well, you always have to start from within. When you come up with the with the values, you've got to start with within and the founders and the team, you know, to, so it, you embody, because you, 
you can't embody anybody but yourself. You know, Correct. you can't be somebody different. We just talked about that on the last episode. You know, you can't force a round peg into a square hole, you know, or square peg into a round hole, whatever it is. Like you, yours is, you got the empty space in between circles, right? So if it's a square or a round, it should be able to fit right in there. But uh, <laughs> I'm trying to play on the words uh, like a little it. bit. You know, you don't want to be somebody you're not and you want to stay true to that and the product should stay true to its initial vision because it's always the products that try to be something else and do more than themselves that tend to fail because they don't focus on the core of the product your core product and just going back to like the heart analogy right is bringing money in and pumping it to the rest of the organization right i mean i would think that's this part. I would, I would but, say the only other thing that's in there, which is, I don't know, maybe it's the eyes for clarity, who knows, but like obviously it's a two-sided relationship. So eyes is for forecasting. That's reserved uh, for maybe a uh, live plan or a giraffe. That's the for looking go. forward, right? But yeah. yeah, I always want to make sure there's transparency between the two parties. But yeah, on the firm side, you're 100% right. Yeah. And source of truth, right? Like I remember one of the things that we, one of the reasons we kicked off is people, my team were doing work without having and a client sign off on it that they were willing to pay for it and therefore a lack of understanding it may cost them something and so even though they may appreciate what was delivered they didn't want to pay the bill and your team is just trying to do the right thing by helping the clients that allow for a formal thing to step in the middle and and help mitigate all of that wipe out scope creep and get you paid you know, seamlessly and and have it all tied together anyway i can go on forever but uh, yeah very passionate about that because i feel like it's a bad experience for your team for the owners of the firm or the business or the group or whatever we're calling it the practice but it's also a terrible experience <laughs> you can call for it anything now it don't matter right terrible experience for the client and then they feel perhaps concerned about coming to you with any other questions for the lack of clarity and that they're going to get billed for every six minutes or whatnot so the whole idea was to skip all of that and so you've got a nice transparency between the two parties and do your best work and take care of everybody involved. Well, once you get the hard conversations out of the way, yeah. and that's usually money and billing and everything else, once that all gets out of the way, then you're free to work however you need to, and that's about the outcomes. It's about the work. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's obviously the most important part is to get the cash out of the way. And we don't, I mean, with our firm, Practice Ignition has made it so easy to not have to bill anything after the engagement started. We don't have to bill everything we price up front I mean, we don't even use the word bill. We just price, pay, and then we can start the work. I mean, it's nice, right? It's so different to how we how how we grew up. I'm not sure I've grown up, but how we came up through the yeah, profession. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's when like, I started too. It's it's a refreshing change of pace to be able to have a real relationship with a client and then not have to worry about that payment conversation or in the back of your mind, are they going to complain about this bill? And then it's always it's always a disconnect after. You know, if people are billing hourly or billing, you know, post billing and just, you know, billing after the fact, then it's not about the work anymore. It's about how much can I get out of this because they're contending the price. It's, you know, it's, it's, it isn't about the job that you did for professional services. That's kind of a slap in the face, you know, like you've done all of this work and then somebody's complaining about the bill. So it's pretty refreshing to see a lot of other firms out there doing the same things and billing up front and figuring out your prices. That's the hardest thing for a firm is pricing. At least for us, it was, it's still pretty hard to scale and grow. Yeah. Well, I can't we'll get out we'll of the sales We'll tackle that process. in due time, in addition to what we provide yeah. out of the box or out of the templates today. 
menu pricing that would be something that if you guys could do something like that and i i, I bring that up because that's the thing and go proposal has a pretty much like a built-in menu based on different factors different yeah so i think we'll get that i think where we're looking to play is somewhere around like are you happy with how you've priced historically like is that your baseline right and if that is true and you just want to think about the drivers or pull through analytics or other variables that may influence pricing and then having suggestions based on those sorts of things and more of an insights piece and prompts to look at moving the pricing as opposed to just having a matrix. But all that comes from the fact that we've got a, a great amount of data um, and trying to figure out how we turn that your data around to help you run your firm better and also hopefully democratize the whole proposal process, meaning that anyone on your team can send one out because... That's the decentralized approach yep. that I would absolutely love. Right. And you they know, know they know that they're in the top fifth percentile, so it's probably on the high side historically, or they're like they're lowballing. And right now there's not really a way to figure that out. So I don't know. And we'll, you know, hopefully at some point if people are keen, we can look at opting in for benchmarking, right? But there's no point in us that would be doing that unless A, we have critical mass, but B, people are happy to do it. And and the hard part for us is trying to figure out how to line up apples with oranges, right? So Everyone operates slightly differently. I imagine for things like a 1099 or a 1040, and apologies if I'm screwing up the codes here, but like, you know. You got them both right. Perfect. Like yeah. if that's a process that you do and there's a price associated with that that's fairly stable, like you definitely easy to benchmark individual line items. The hard part will be when it's like a bundled package because, you know, someone might call advisory and it's just a review of tax compliance coming up versus <laughs> yeah. reviewing forecasting, financial analysis and pricing sensitivity every quarter. Well, that's going to take a player that's centralized that can establish the differences between these products and then use the data internally to basically the data that's being fed. I mean, you guys are the perfect people to do something like that. Um, Oh, we're we're well aware. It's about how to, like, what do we need on the starting point, which is why I go back to the MPE. So apples and apples internally on the data sets. And then B is then how do we think smartly about it to have something that starts off probably looking basic on day one and kind of just continually iterates and gets better and better and better over time. Um, so that's, That excites me. Yeah, I, I, trust me, it excites me too. I think everyone needs the to get paid for the Yeah. The next well, is measuring profitability. And- well, that, that, that also goes back to the integrations place because it's where, you, where, you, where you're yeah. entering, uh, where, you, where do we need to pull data back from? And I think the harder parts are people have different charge rates for different like in terms of how they think about profitability for different types of work or different people. And so how do you normalize that? And is all that available in an API for us to pull back? It's probably going way yeah. too technically deep, but like if they're, they're like, oh, you can bring back someone's charge rate and the person, but then they give different charge rates for different kinds of tasks, which we can't see, mm-hmm. then we won't give you profitability that'll match what you've got on the other side, which would be terrible. You know, you don't want to work off of the wrong data. No. But you also want to be able to use some data as a reference point, oh, or a, um, a benchmark, you know. And uh, and I think there's there's no better way to start than this core, right, and the center, and and the pricing is is an ongoing conversation. Pricing and just getting that that stuff right because you're that's the lifeblood of of the rest of the firm too. And if they can price profitably, then everything else is easier. When you're profitable, everything's easier and not dependent on that next check to come in or the next, you know, just to make payroll or whatever it might be. So 
That's yeah. the next thing. That is definitely the next thing. <laughs> yeah, let's long one of the days where worrying about payroll should be a thing. Thankfully, I mean, well, I've definitely I hope been in not. Those shoes. If you go from four to twenty-four in, in the marketing oh, no, department, I, I, yeah. I'm more meant when I ran my firm. Like in the beginning, yeah, no, I it know, was a little bit splotchy, and then once we got on recurring retainers, it was like, okay, well, I'm never worried about that. Can I afford to spend money on any of the things that were not regular? Was perhaps a question as we were starting up, but I wasn't worried about sort of regular bills coming in, which was a lovely place yeah. to be. Oh, absolutely. For our listeners, anything you want them to walk away with here? We got a lot of different um, spark points, spark notes for the episode. But <laughs> no, well, welcome to Ignition. Thank you for all the support over the years, and and we're here ready to roll up our sleeves and, and get into it and, and help you build better firms, groups, practices in the new name of Ignition and feedback is always welcome. Be on the lookout. Ignition's doing big things. It's coming. Awesome. Thanks, Guy. Thanks for joining us again. No worries. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. See you all next time. See ya. Hey, I remember server systems with tech allowances Fintech vendors with some cloud outfits But now they're coding this computer science for accountants In fact, I'm remoting in new tools, paperless Asynchronous for data analysts APIs to find all your SaaS apps connected Cloud computing plugins for your implementation Automate technology to leverage the meta Disrupt your desktop, then break it down We're sharing metrics AI to the GPT to the AI disrupt Bitcoin, Ethereum, and crypto agents disrupt. Time to tweak your tech team and make some changes disrupt. If my staff quit, I still have automation disrupt. Last episode just went viral. Let's go, it's gonna make your head spiral. Scarano, Casey, Sunshine, Accounting High Show. The lab is ready, it's tech time, yo. Glitch, it's tech time. Disrupt, it's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time at Accounting High. It's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time at Accounting High. It's tech time. Disrupt. It's tech time.